questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and as always, I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. First of all, I want to wish everyone a happy new year, full of things that have never been, and I'm excited to be with you as we continue our journey of discovery. And as always, if you want to listen to the entire interview tonight and every single one we have ever done, just click on the subscribe button of our website. And since this is the new year, I highly recommend that if you haven't listened to Sanitas, that you take a look at it too. Go to sanitasradio.com and subscribe. There are no more new shows, but there are three full seasons. And if you want to begin the year the right way, if you have a listen to those shows, I highly recommend that you do. And by the way, as I've mentioned before, we have health shows coming from this point forward too, because Sanitas is now Veritas. The old shows still belong to its own website, but any new ones will be coming right here with your Veritas subscription. And if you want to get in touch with me, have a guest suggestion, have feedback, or want to be a guest on this radio program, I always love to hear from you. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And tonight he is back, a Veritas veteran, to decode the future with astrology. Tonight's special guest is Jeff Hartman, astrological and spiritual consultant. And his website for any consultation and to find out about his services is jeffhartman.com. And directly from Southern California, I'm delighted to bring back my friend, as every year, it's been many years, Jeff Harmon. Hey, Jeff, welcome back to Veritas. Oh, thanks for having me, Mel. Always a pleasure to begin the year with you. And as I was telling you offline, we're recording this, I usually record it a, f- a couple of days before we air at the beginning of the year. But this year, I decided to bring you on a few days before, or a perhaps maybe a week or two before the end of the year, because there are too many things happening right now. And I'm hoping that when people listen to this show, things will be okay. But if they're not, I would like you to to present us some of your vision, put a chart out there to let us know how things will go. Let's begin with this event, the election. Last year, and for people who don't know, go back to the archive from Jeff and I last year. He predicted many times during that interview that Donald Trump had everything on his path to become the president. Can you take us back to what you said? Remember? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, and it, it, what happened was I had a lot of people when, when Trump first started running, I had a lot of people say to me, you know, uh, how, how, how do you think this election is going to go? And I said, well, it looks like everybody else is going to drop and it's going to be Hillary and Trump, because remember back then when we were talking, it was the whole lineup on the Republican side. And then, of course, you had Bernie Sanders and, and um, Hillary. And I, I knew Sanders wouldn't go the distance based on his chart. And Hillary would be the last one standing. And she was. But what really convinced me was the strength of Donald Trump's birth chart, as well as his Vedic astrology progressions and transits. Um, and and I, I actually, getting ready for the show today, I was going through my notes and looking again at the stuff he's got going on, and there's absolutely no question in my mind, this guy is just, he's just a powerhouse. I mean, like him or dislike him, this guy is so strong. And the energies that he had releasing in his Vedic astrology and as well as the Egyptian astrology, you can't make this stuff up. There's no way Hillary could have won against him. There's just no way. And I looked at how weak Hillary's chart was, and there's no way she would have won. And believe me, I'm not promoting Trump. I'm not demoting Hillary. I'm just being objective. If you you took the names off these charts and you said to me, who's going to win? I would tell you right off the bat. 
the guy with Trump's energies would be the one that wins. And one of the things, if you don't mind, I kind of wanted to go through some of the issues of this, um, sure. which, which really shows why. And, and it also might help people who are very afraid of Donald Trump. You know, we've heard so much fear mongering. You know, he's going to push the, the button and, and nuke the world and all these horrible things. He's a racist. He's this, he's that. And, you know, I, I can tell you, you know, he's a human being. He's not God and he's never going to be. But I think, you know, from what I see in, in Vedic astrology, and, and I, I have to say this is a testimony to Vedic astrology because you remember I was, you and I were in communication, Mel. Right before the election, I said Trump's going to win. Yeah. Remember that was, I think, sure. like a week or two before the election. You and I communicated uh, with Camille on Facebook. And I said, I'm just worried they're going to manipulate the election. And just before we got online here recording, you and I were discussing how Trump spent maybe, what, 50, 60 million, somewhere in that area. And then, of course, the Republican RNC spent uh, some money, too. But in general, he spent he spent less than a fraction of what the Democratic, the DNC did. They they spent one point two to one point five with Hillary plus George Soros and the rest of the influences. It was colossal what they were doing. So Trump didn't just win against the Democrats. He won against the system. And they're really nervous. And, and one of the things I'm concerned about is his inauguration. Um, it looks like nothing's going to disrupt it, though they'd like to. They'd like to have the Electoral College. And every time they do a recount, they find out it's even more in his favor. Like you see, Wisconsin, they ended up with more votes than they originally thought it was. And I think this is going to consistently happen. There's, there's no way I think they're ever going to stop him from the presidency, though they'd like to. But what I do see is a lot of protesting. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of noise here, a lot of, uh, you know, disrespectful noise. Uh, no, no president has ever had to contend with this, but this also fits Trump's chart. This guy, when I did a really detailed analysis on him, very unusual guy. I mean, he was born, um, and, and many times I've mentioned this, that there's angels that rule every single degree of the zodiac. And, you know, astrology always gets this predicting the future, you know, you know, guy with the terminated and crystal ball thing. It's actually a science. The ancient astrology is about as scientific as you can get because it's really geometry, it's math, and it's looking at positions and uh, signifactors and and writing it all down. It's very, very detailed. And uh, in fact, I, I used to do physics and I can tell you it's very, very similar to uh, mathematical computations involved with that. But anyways, back to Trump. He was born with the Eastern horizon. Now, you can only get this in Vedic astrology. Western astrologers using tropical systems will not get this. He was born in the degree of fame. It's an angel that's very, very powerful. Secondly, he has what we call yogas. Now, in Vedic astrology, they're called yogas. A, a yoga simply means it's a planetary, aspectual, or geometric uh, combination. And he has the ruler of his eastern horizon in the midheaven. That is the absolute classic definition of an emperor. In the ancient times, prior to the 1700s, all the way back to Egypt and India, that was the classic yoga or what we would call print for a leader or an emperor. And I think in these modern times, that's really unhinged a lot of people. And Trump also has Mars right in the ascendant. So he is a combative guy. He is pushy. He is aggressive. But I would also say, and this is what we're hearing out of everyone right now that's going in and out of Trump Tower, all the dignitaries, all the leaders, they're all saying he's really, really a good listener. And he's very diplomatic and he's very easy to talk to behind closed doors. And I, I would just tell you, looking at the Vedic astrology, he's smart. He has certain yogas in here. There, there was a, a couple of teachers that I had that were absolutely amazing. They're not alive anymore. One, one in particular actually did 
astrology for the Rothschilds in London. And he taught me stuff that no one's ever taught me since or, or before. And he would look at what he would call planetary yoga's progressions and transits. And he would literally say, this is when this person will do this. This is when they'll get married. This is how many children have or won't have. And they'll, they'll probably live to this age and boom. And he did it so many times. I said, this is incredible. How are you, how are you doing this? And he said, we just look at Jupiter, which is the expansion of the soul and Saturn, which is the karmic releasement of energy. Well, that's what I did with Trump. And that's why I was so confident. The only way they were going to stop him was with a bullet because, um, and they didn't do that. He had so many releasements. The first one he had was he had the, what we call the primary directed sun conjuncting the ascendant. That won't happen again. That, that won't happen. Most people will never live to have that happen. That you can only have that happen if you have the sun born near the midheaven. Um, and of course he's 70 years old now. And that happened precisely this August, uh, August 17th. And furthermore, he had, um, what else did he have here? He had so many different – oh, he hit the Jupiter, 16-year Jupiter, what we call planetary period or Dasha, right in um, October 26th. So what's interesting about that is that's right when Comey came out, and they can say what they want, but it, it brought him more uh, strength in the polls – even though the polls, I think, were very, very manipulated. And, um, to the last hour, to the last hour. And I was really concerned that that's what kept me thinking he's going to win, but they're going to manipulate these polls. And I really think they tried, but I think what happened was, um, the strength of his energy just pulled it off. The, um, the, the interesting thing that happened was, about it was right about the time I emailed you. Um, I had a client of mine who I really like, uh, entertainment attorney, and she was just absolutely worried. She goes, "Oh my God, I think he's going to lose. He's going to lose. He's going to lose." So I did what I normally do with clients. I cast something called an interrogation chart, and that is not your birth chart. It's not anything to do with sun signs. It's literally. Casting a chart and seeing what the probabilities of the question will be like. And the eastern horizon represents the querent or what they're asking about. And you just read the chart geometrically. And that's what I did. And I told her at that moment, and that's when my confidence really rose, that it's not only going to be a win for Trump, but it's likely to be a landslide Brexit type win. And it really was. And there's a lot of claims that, you know, he didn't win the popular vote, but we did have our president out there telling all the illegal aliens to vote for, you know, Hillary. And I, I often question that, geez, if you're not, you know, in this country, do you really have a right to vote? Why is that so difficult to understand? And whenever you say that to anybody, they call you a racist. Oh, there you go. Well, you know, you and I were talking about that a little while ago. The poison has run deep. What's happened is, you know, we see Obama, we see Hillary, but there has been a movement and, and some people would call it the globalists movement. And this is much, much deeper than the politicians. The politicians get backed by these people and they basically wanted open borders. Had the DNC won, meaning Hillary, uh, we we would have, I think, seen a much different future. Um, and and I can tell you, to to those who and I've gotten hate mail over this. People have told me, oh, you're you're bad. You shouldn't be saying this, and you're you're gonna lose me as a client. Well, then that's the way. Welcome it is. to the you club. Know? Welcome to the club. Yeah. I mean, I've had hate mail over my my last newsletter, and I'm sorry. I'm not gonna lie. You know, any client who's done readings with me over the years, I'm honest. I'll tell you what I see, you know, and I always encourage people when there's not positive news that that actually can be a blessing in disguise sometimes. Um, a lot of times, you know, astrology is not predicting the future. It's looking at the energies in play. And 
just like an airline pilot, just because they get a day where it's raining or a day where there's wind or bad weather doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It means now you have to change your approach. You have to change the way you're going to fly or where you're going to fly. It doesn't mean you have to stop. Knowledge is power. And, you know, when, when you know, I, I said this about Trump, everybody was just, you know, livid. I had many more people that I'll say came out to me afterwards and said, we were afraid to say anything, but we're really glad he won. And I've had much more of that than I've had hate mail. I've had actually a very small amount of hate mail, but it's it's been pretty pronounced when I've had it. And, um, you know, I've had many more people, uh, even my accountant, it was interesting because, you know, he, he was very shy to say anything. And then once I opened up, he says, oh, yeah, I'm so glad he won. I'm like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but he said it real quiet, you know, so the secretaries wouldn't hear him. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And that's the problem, Jeff, because, you know, let me just disclose this. I don't have a huge circle of friends. I'm very picky. We are very picky. I'd rather have a very limited number of friends. but. Some of my best friends are liberal couples who are very liberal. I have conservative friends, but the majority are all liberal. And these are people I could depend on no matter what. The problem I found in talking with them during the elections was that when I started telling them what my views were, they would completely shut you down. Oh, so that means you're a racist, you're a misogynist, you're, you're like xenophobia, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't allow me to explain so I decided, like millions of other people, to just quiet, be quiet. Just walk silently till, till election day. And everybody who listens to me knows that I'm pretty apolitical. And some people say, why? You're a libertarian. Why didn't you vote for Gary Johnson? I had no chance, folks. Neither Jill Stein. And at this point, it, right, was, a, right. it was a war between Hillary or Donald Trump. Who would I rather have? Well, the answer, we already know that. Well, and I'll tell you something to the people who dislike him. Give him a chance, because I got to say, if you took Trump's name off this chart, you know, the last year and a half, he has been abrasive. Trump was in the ending of an 18 year planetary period in Vedic astrology called Rahu. Now, what that means in plain English, it's the moon's north node. And it's a very worldly, opulent, successful time. And I have to say, he's been pretty successful. I mean, you look at Trump Towers and all that he's accomplished, the boys made some money. Let's give him that credit. Secondly, um, the Rahu Dasha in Vedic astrology always ends in Mars. And I've had so many clients and friends over the years who've been in Rahu Dashas, and they always say to me, my God, it's like, you know, it's so abrasive right now. I said, well, welcome to the ending of a, a Rahu Mars Dasha. And they go, yeah. And then I'll get the call after they move into the 16-year Jupiter period, which, you know, not many people experience this because some people will never live to hit it because it can take 120 years in, in the full cycle. Anyways, long story short, Trump hit that right in October. You're seeing a different person. So he was very abrasive and very pushy. And what's, what's interesting about that is it probably helped him achieve what he did. He, he went, you know, the, the full mile and, and really pulled it off. And you got to give this guy credit at 70 years old. I mean, he was doing three to five cities a day. Yep. Hillary wasn't doing that. And this guy is a powerhouse. And so to speak, too, I did a detailed analysis on Trump's chart. Like, what's it like now that he's going to leave New York and actually start working out of Washington? Well, what's interesting is Washington and location astrology has a Mars ascending line right through. I mean, he'll literally be right on it in, in the White House. Now, that might fear some people. But what that shows is it's going to empower him. People who get on Mars lines tend to find they feel like Popeye on spinach. It's just really empowering. They, they become, that's why he's probably really going to favor the military, really build it up. Um, he's already surrounded himself with a lot of military people and this Rex Tillerman, even though they're going to resist putting him in, I thought it was a, it was an ingenious choice. And, yeah, Tillerson, the uh, Exxon? Uh, Tillerson, right, yeah. right. 
Yeah, um, the, the the nomination for Secretary of State. The reason why um, Russia. Well, no, it's not Russia. What it is is it's the role of the Secretary of State. What's what's interesting is a lot of people right now. I've, I've got a lot of clients in finances and trading and stuff, and they're calling me. I'm going, oh my god, the end of the world's coming. Obama's going to crash the dollar right before he walks out of the White House. I don't get that, and I hope I hope that's right. Um, you know, there's many people fearing the SDR, and if you haven't heard of what that is, that's called the Special Drawing Rights. It's a basket of five currencies that uh, include, you know, the the Chinese and and the uh, pound and the U.S. dollar. But the U.S. dollar is at the head of the basket. It yeah. actually controls it. Well, it was just reviewed last year. Uh, I think it was November of 2015. So it's reviewed every five years. So the next point of review is 2020. Well, what's interesting and why, why I brought up this all with Rex Tillerson is because the Bretton Woods system or the agreement that was signed way back in World War II was actually before the end of World War II was put together. Actually, I think it was right here in the United States somewhere. And uh, I, I want to say they signed it in New Hampshire. But but in any event, the Bretton Woods system or agreement, which really established the IMF operating the way it is now. And it, I, I think it had 44 allied nations in it. Yeah, it was it was in New Hampshire is where, where it was signed. Yep, and, 1944 before the uh, war was over. That's right, before the war was over. And then it was again modified, I think, in 71. But what it's basically done and see, Russia didn't participate in it. They walked away because they said, oh, this is nothing but just a, a Wall Street, you know, extension. And they're probably right. But the U.S. dollar, and this really relates to the whole future of the Trump presidency, the, the current, you know, debacle we're in right now. And I do blame Obama for that and, and his policies and, and everything. And people can get mad at me if they want. But. The, the proof of the pudding is it, it really, the business has been strangled. I know I've had so many clients who've said over the years, it's just like, my God, it's so hard to do business that the restrictions and the stagnation in business here in the U.S. has been colossal the last eight years. It really, really has. And the glee that I've heard from so many people about, wow, we're actually going to see the economy get going and the astrology supports we're going to. Um, what's interesting, and back to the Rex Tillerson. Don't forget that point, though. I want to be able to to set a, a, a chart for the economy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I agree. Yeah, you bet. Because I, I wanted to talk a lot about that, and it relates. And I've done a lot of charting on Donald Trump's chart since he's going to be president. Um, he certainly is very closely to be watched because what's happening, his chart's going to have a lot to do with how his presidency goes. And um, anyways, back to Rex Tillerson. And here's here's why I say, you know, they can say whatever they want about the Russian issue. But here's the golden secret, in my opinion. And I've actually got some pretty substantial clients in, in places that know a lot more about this stuff than I do. And I've heard. And that is. This this whole global economy is tied to the petrodollar. I don't think it's going to stop right away. I think it's going to be challenged and quite strongly between now and 2020. Um, but the whole house of cards, because you and I have talked many times on shows, Mel, about the colossal derivatives and bond markets and the very extremely precarious position of the, the whole monetary system in the West. Yeah, but who can actually challenge it today? Russia is not in a financial position, position to do so. Europe is on the way out. China will be the only one. And we are the ones that keep them alive. The whole boat is floated through this Bretton Woods systems, IMF system, and the, the now the SCRs, and, and which is all up and running, and the IMF is running it. And anyone... That's what will cause a world war, if anyone challenges that. To quote George Carlin, the owners who really run the financial system. And in the United States, we ought to be a little grateful in one respect, even though there's a lot of people challenging that system. If we didn't have the ability to float the bonds, derivatives, and print the money, 
we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now because the United States would be in shambles and probably so with the whole entire world. Um, the whole structure was set up back at the last world wars. And interestingly enough, the Bretton Woods systems w- was put in specifically because they said world war two happened largely due to the incompetence of management of the global financial system after World War One, because they were so close together. So that was not the only reason, but one of them. And anybody can read this. If you just jump on Wikipedia and look up Brent Woods, you, you can you can read a lot of this. Anyways, why I think Trump was smart to make the decision on Rex uh, Tillerson uh, is the, the there's probably not a better guy out there who knows how much this global economy is structured to oil. And a proof of that was, and I think you and I were talking about this, they yanked the rug out from underneath Russia and China when they lowered the oil prices. And if anybody's listening to what Trump is saying, he's going to kick open the energy the huge colossal energy reserves in the U.S. Now, there's going to be a lot of people mad about that because, you know, I agree. We need to save the animals. We need to save, you know, the, the environment. But there's ways to do that. Um, what, what Obama was doing was strangling this country. I mean, it was just colossal what had happened. So what's interesting about Tillerson getting in there is there's probably not a better guy who knows the ropes And why I brought him up in the first place was the last, uh, well, when, when the Bretton Woods agreement was put together, there was a secretary of state and I forget his name now. I don't know if it was, um, Harry Dexter. I can't remember who it was, but you can find it on the, the, um, the Wikipedia article, but essentially that secretary of state was very instrumental in positioning the whole structure on the petrodollar. And I don't think that's going to go away. And it, it relates back to what Trump is doing. He's going to get business going. Is that a bad thing? Or does everybody want to keep borrowing money and being broke? <laughs> it's just that the contrast is so unbelievable. For example, I get email from people, uh, Mel, I cannot believe that you you know, voted for Trump and blah, blah, blah. And we'll get into that later. I don't want to bore you people with, with all of this, but the Tillerson appointment, people think, oh, big oil. You, you look at the people he's surrounding himself with. Well, let me tell you one thing. Vladimir Putin, I don't know anybody else in this world that's more demonized right now by the United States than Vladimir Putin. In my opinion, he's the only statesman out there. And people say, but yeah, but he was KGB. So was George H.W. Bush. He was CIA director. So what? Oh, but they spy on us. Yeah, and we spy on them. Why the hypocrisy? And one of the reasons why I like Tillerson, for not because he comes from big oil, it's because he's respected by Putin. He knows Putin. And some people say, oh, yes, but he got the, he was awarded the Russia's Order of Friendship. As if that's some kind of a bribe. Well, no, folks. It's because Exxon employs a lot of people in Russia. And any foreign company that goes to Russia and employs Russians, they get that from the president. But I'm glad that at least Trump is looking forward to not a cold war because it feels right now. If you think of McCain, I mean, your former senator when you used to live in Arizona, my senator here, he, Lindsey Graham, and everybody... Even President Obama, everybody just, they call him the enemy. So I can't wait for the transition to happen. I'm just hoping that nothing happens to Putin. But I have a question for you. I uh, Somebody sent me this regarding the inauguration. Trump will be inaugurated, and those people who like numerology would like this, he will be inaugurated on January 20th, 2017. On that date, he will be exactly 70 years, seven months, and seven days old. What do you make of that? Well, it's good you bring that up because one of the things I've looked at a lot is inauguration charts. And there's a reason that they have it at the time that they have it. It puts the sun very close to the midheaven, which 
the you know the ancient astrologers always knew that that was a a very powerful place to have the sun because it the sun is general significator of leaders and rulers and when i looked at obama's first inauguration it was during a void of course moon which means nothing happens it was a debilitated void of course moon and more importantly it did not have good aspects from the rest of the chart and there were a couple of good things, but, but it overall wasn't too good. This, and the second one wasn't good either. In fact, Obama was even re-sworn in. I think it was the next day. Don't quote me, but it's on the internet. Um, in order to, because he mispronounced the words or something wasn't appropriate. I remember. Yeah. And, and now I'm looking at Trump's inauguration day and I do think we're going to see a lot of protests and I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, ways to try and disrupt it, but I don't think they're going to be able to at all. Um, the thing I like about this particular inauguration and this fits Trump quite well. And I mentioned this in my newsletter. Um, there's an exalted Venus trine by the moon, which in plain English means it's, it's really good. It, it bodes well for the presidency, even though I think he's going to have some rough times in 219, two, two, 218 through 219 could be a little bit rough for him. Um, because of some of the progressions he's got and also what the world is doing. And that's something I also wanted to mention during this interview is we got some trouble on the track. And I, I really think that this would have happened no matter who would have been in the White House. And I've mentioned this before, but 2019, actually 218 through 219, there's a lot of trouble brewing. And again, you know, not to quote George too much, but he's right. The owners run this place and they don't just run the U.S. They influence the global financial markets. And this whole issue with ISIS, the caliphate, the um, whole thing brewing in the Southeast Asia, uh, th there's a lot of trouble here on the track. And it does relate to finances. And if anyone tries to disrupt this, I think it's going to be a big problem. Because there's a reason they're going to build up the military. And I hope we don't see any war. Um, but we could. We could see some conflicts. There's some very strong energies coming in in 2019. And as you can see by Trump's cabinet, he certainly will have the right people on board to contend with this. And I think we're going to see a, um, a massive buildup. Is there a way astrologically or with Vedic astrology to put out a chart regarding a possible war? And I don't mean to bring, you know, people's fears, I think. Yeah, you, you can just cast it in an interrogation. Can you cast it? And the reason why I ask you this, as you say, he has he's surrounded himself with great military people. I love his, his decision for Secretary of Defense. I've heard some of his speeches. He does not want war. He does not want our, our, our sons and daughters who go out there and, 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 and fight unnecessarily. So I like that because he's been at war, so he understands it. And he wants to build the military. But there's always, as you say, as George, George Carlin, the owners, they're the ones who create the false flags. They're the ones who create the scenarios. And well, then we are. react and, and to them. There's no question about it. I, I've mentioned this on, on air before, so I'll say it again. Um, I actually have had the opportunity to see physically in my hands some of the gold-backed bonds that were issued by the U.S. Treasury Department in the 30s to Germany, to Japan, that funded Hitler and Japan. Now, sue me, do whatever you want, but I've seen them. And there are a, a number of different types of bonds. That Isn't made. that public record? We were financing yeah, both sides. Sure, of course it is. And the London Accord was supposed to honor those bonds, and they never did. And how I knew it is I had some clients that were bankers trying to get them to be used in what they called bank-to-venture programs, and they were unsuccessful in doing so because they weren't in the fold. But I can tell you that um, those things can't exist, and there weren't a couple of them. There were fork truck pallets full of them in a warehouse that I saw in a federally secured vault. And I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And I'm going, my God, they funded World War II, both sides. And 
you know, it, it's like, you know, a lot of people complain about the Federal Reserve, and now they're saying that Treasury notes are going to come out. The Federal Reserve is the dispensary for the international bankers through the, the, the U.S. economy, and it's not going to go away. And in a way, we got to be very grateful as Americans that the system does exist because it's allowed us to live the lives that we do. And we really have a blessed life in this country. And it is the system we're under. And um, to its credit, um, we, we certainly can rebuild the country and do what we're doing. I, I think... I really personally believe on all indications that I can see Trump's presidency is a blessing to America in to those who hate me for saying that I, I can only read the astrology and tell you what it says. I would be saying exactly the same thing about Hillary or for that matter, anyone else, if the charts said that. But I really think this guy deserves a lot more credit than he's getting um, like him or dislike him, you got a very powerful and competent individual here. I mean, I'm just reading this, the astrology. He also just hit a sun year on this last birthday. That's why when I looked at Hillary's chart, I kept seeing so many negatives. There, there was, she was in a debilitated, uh, sun period and she just had really tough progressions and transits. And, you know, I know there was a lot of stuff out there about her health. It's probably true because um, from everything I see in the astrology, that does not look like a person who would succeed. And again, again up against Trump's chart, I just looked at it and I went, my God, this, there's no way she's going to win. And the, the astrology said it in every which way. Is there a way to find comparisons? And I don't mean to bring ideas up to anybody here. But I think of Lincoln, I think of JFK, and the way they went out. It seems to me that the way all these protests are going, and and, and even today, yesterday, what was it, Kanye West meeting with, with yeah. Trump? I thought I found that a little bit interesting and funny yeah. at the same time. But allegedly, Kanye West was at a concert. He said, if I had voted, I would have voted for Trump. Everybody booed him. Then oh, he yeah. had to yeah. go to a mental institution for a while. He comes out today, I don't know, and I don't mean to, to, to behave like a conspiracy theory theorist here or put my tinfoil hat, but he had this phase of knock-knock uh, who's there and there's nobody there. And some people are speculating that he's going to be at the inauguration as one of the, the uh, people, uh, you know, entertainment there. Mm. I, I hope that nothing happens where he becomes a patsy for, you know, what? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know about that. Um, I'm talking about mind control here. Oh, yeah, yeah, mind control. Yeah. Well, I think it's quite alive and well. And what's interesting, it's, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's what's really interesting. When you look at what happened and the amount of forces that were up against Trump not winning, the propaganda machines that were in play, the polling that was in play, um, it was at full tilt, and it didn't work. And again, it had me convinced. I mean, you know, Mel, I emailed you, you know, through Camille and saying, yeah. geez, I just hope they don't manipulate these polls and pull it off. And they almost did. And well, did you see those dozens and dozens of buses to me? It, did you see those buses that were parked in, in, in Chicago? I think it was. Yeah, I know. They were just pulling people from other states so they could vote there. You bet. And I'm going to tell you another thing, too. I mean, they've caught the DNC red-handed, hiring people to cause disruptions, create them as a racist. I think the black people are going to find that they're going to be so much better off with Trump because it, can anybody argue with success? I mean, prosperity spills over to everyone. Exactly. You know, I mean, enough is enough. And I was really disappointed in Obama saying things like, oh, we just got past slavery. Well, really, I thought we got past slavery about 160 years ago or when, whenever it was. You know, I know I, I had some relatives um, th that my uncle told me died in that war, you know, fighting uh, for for uh, defeating slavery. So, you know, I mean, it's can we get past that? I mean, I, I'm not how, how can you say that and hold the highest office in the land. The man is not creating unity. He 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 should be 
trying to unify people, and he's not. And yet he holds the Nobel Peace Prize. And I, I really do have issue with that. And if people get mad at me, they can. But facts are facts. I mean, you can't fan the flames of racism when we're all trying to get along. Nobody's having a problem with any ethnicity. We, we're just Americans wanting to get along and prosper. <laughs> and I think that everybody wants that. I, I've never heard anybody yet that complains about being successful, being able to pay their bills and have a successful business. That's it. I don't Prosperity. care what color you are. I don't care what gender you are. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's a unifying principle. We live in a capitalistic society. And until, you know, it changes, that's the way it is. Prosperity and peace. That's what I want. And I have to tell you, back in 2008, you know, I voted for Obama because I was tired of the wars, of the eternal wars. And I couldn't stand McCain going to war because I know, look at him. The reason why he wants us to be against Russia, create a new Cold War, is because he's in Arizona. And I get it. He has a lot of lobbyists, you know, from Raytheon and a lot of the defense contractors that put a lot of money into his re-election campaign. And he has to go with that. Same with Lindsey Graham. And this is why. So I voted well, the, for Obama. These are the dissensionists that are really the globalists. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They want a the rhinos. They are. They want a communistic world. And Trump is exactly the antithesis of that. And if anybody's really listening with, you know, no cotton in their ears, you can really hear Obama saying, well, I hope we don't end up in nationalism and all that. Well, really, what's wrong with that? You know, I, mean, <laughs> I remember, I remember you know, in July, I never draft post any, anything political in my, in my personal, I have different Facebook accounts, but there's one, my personal one. And I said on during Brexit, the morning after I said, congratulations to my friends from Britain for taking your country back. Oh my goodness. It's almost as if I threw, you know, holy water to a vampire. All my oh, liberal yeah, friends were saying, you must be a xenophobe and this and that. And I didn't get it. What's wrong by saying, I don't want to have people in Brussels dictating what we can do or cannot do in our country, sending taxes indefinitely there, going to wars. Let's take our country. What's wrong by saying that? That's right. That's exactly right. Well, I, I can tell you another thing, too, that's that's really interesting that's coming up here. See, the United States chart, and there's a lot of dispute with astrologers as to which one is the correct birth chart for the United States. The one that I've used with a fair degree of, of good success is the U.S. It's called the Sibley chart, and it gets its nickname from Ebenezer Sibley. And what he did is he essentially said that the birth chart for the time of the signing of the Declaration of Independence was about 5.10 p.m., July 4, 1776. And again, there's many astrologers who dispute this one, but I have found it's pretty darn good. And one of, and here's another reason that supports that. And this relates to the dissension that we're seeing right now. This is very close to what we saw Back in the 70s and, and, you know, the whole thing that, that happened with Vietnam and all the dissension in the late 60s, early 70s, right? And what happened is we just had the transit of Saturn across the United States chart crossing into the ascendant. It's been going on the last two and a half years, and there's been so much dissension this last two and a half years. You can feel it in the air. Everyone is up in arms about whatever it is they believe. And, you know, belief, if you talk to a good psychologist or psychiatrist, belief is a good thing sometimes to question. Um, you know, we all believe what we believe based on what opinions we formulated and, more importantly, what we've been convinced is true. Now, belief is important. I shouldn't, you know, it's good to have faith and believe in what you believe in. But people are so, this, this is a tool that's been used throughout history by emperors and people to get People polarize against one another, and what does it cause? War. And as Rothschild said, he makes more in one day of war than he does in three years of peace. Dissension works. That's why they fund it. And one of the things that has been happening, particularly here in the U.S., and we've seen it, I've seen it with clients, is, is this has caused a real 
polarization in belief systems. You, you know, we're not our politicians, <laughs> you know, it, it, people take sides so vehemently that they're, they're literally ready to hurt each other or cause violence over it. And this is nothing new. We've seen it, you know, in labor wars and unions and all kinds of polarizations. I mean, look, look, look at throughout history. This is what's caused wars. But we've really seen it strongly in this election. And a lot of people are going to stay that way for a while. And this kind of relates to the whole caliphate thing that we're seeing in the Middle East the uh, move in the jihad and all that w movement with the, the um, Islamic terrorists. The, and I think this is going to increase and, and we may end up with a real colossal problem by 2019. Um, and, and I'm worried that. How so? Well, there, there's, well, in astrology, one of the things that I've, I've been tracking and it's pretty darn accurate is the Saturn Pluto cycles. Um, the 9-11 in 2001 was clearly the Saturn-Pluto opposition. The square brought us the crash in 2008. We have the conjunction happening in 2019, three times it conjuncts in the sky. And I can tell you that breeds very intolerant type attitudes, belief systems. It really concretizes people's polarization, so much so that they'll probably be willing to die for it. And this is the cocktail that could either bring some real serious financial upheavals or, more importantly, um, it could really bring some very intense conflicts. And I hope that doesn't happen. But it happens three times throughout 2019. And when I looked at Trump's chart, I thought, well, OK, if the guy's president, it should show up somewhere in his chart. And I see the same thing. He has um, a progression that goes into the 12th house starting this spring. And then it comes out about the fall of 2019. And he also has a, um, what we call a secondary progressed moon, which those only happen once every 28 and a half to 30 years, depending on the progressions. And, and, uh, he definitely has all that going on. So he's going to witness and be at the helm during some really powerful transformational times in this world. And I have said before, the real marker point um, that the ancients used, particularly the Egyptian astrologers, uh, was the one we have coming up. It's the winter solstice of 2020. That is the marker point. Uh, it's a 240-year trigger point that we have not hit for a long, long time. And I really believe that that is going to be a commencement of a new, very golden and powerful era. I really do. I think technology is going to blow our hair back. Nothing to do with 2012? No, I couldn't find anything to do with 2012. I, I told you that years ago. Everybody, yeah. you know, everybody on the planet was predicting the end of the world in 2012. And I, I couldn't find a damn thing. 2020, I, I, the winter solstice thereof, I find is going to be the commencement. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll say it. I, I think it's going to be the roaring twenties, but unlike the last ones where we had Al Capone and gangsters, we're going to see technology absolutely skyrocket. It's going to be colossal what we see. And we're already seeing it. But the roaring twenties, we know what came after the roaring twenties, the great depression. Do you see something similar happening? No, not so much as that. Um, and, and no, this is different. This, this is different because we in the, the 1920s did not have a, what we call a mutation conjunction like this. No. In fact, I, I'm more worried about that kind of stuff between now and 2019. The hiccup is coming in in 218 and 219. That's where there's going to have to be some serious, uh, I think culling of the system and, there could be some real conflict in here, but I, I think the 2020s coming up are, are going to be amazing. I really do. I, I think we're going to see the day where flying cars are actually a reality. We're already seeing it. Look at the computer systems that can stop a car. 
if um, someone breaks in front of you. This is just the beginning. But unlike the Industrial Revolution's evolution, the technology revolution is going to happen much, much quicker. And what's paving that is the infrastructure we have, the technologies that are in place, and the computer systems. I mean, look, at you got 3D printers now. You've got stereolithography and prototyping can be done in minutes, which used to take months and sometimes years before. So um, it's a different world than it, than it has been. And we're standing on the shoulders of so many ingenious people that have invented things in the past that now accelerate the rate and and – I think, uh, quality that we, we, we can move forward with. And I have to say what's going to pave that way is the financial growth and ability to be able to do that. We're never going to see factories on every corner the way we used to. Now we're going to see high tech manufacturing, automation, uh, high tech design and, and some very advanced things. And, and we're always going to need our day to day things. You know, I mean, there's, there's no way you're ever going to get away from manual labor in some capacity, especially in construction. But the tools we're going to see and, and the transportation and energies that we're going to see coming online are going to be, I think, amazing. I really do. Well, have, have you seen genetics. China? How they, how they are actually building buildings that could take months to be built or years in a matter of days without people? Have you seen that? I'm telling you, it's right around the corner. You know, the danger, a lot of people fear technology. We've had so many Hollywood movies like Terminator, and, and it is right to fear because a few at the top could control it all. Um, but I would also say that to that, I, I, I'm a firm believer that there's a lot of souls here and that this place is a little more divine than just this square box set of science. You know, I mean, e even your honest scientists will all tell you something very intelligent holding all this together. And that's why, you know, we, we, everyone's been expecting mushroom clouds on the horizon and the end of the human race. And I, I'm not seeing that. And I hope, I hope it's right. And I have to say, before we take the break, when I voted for Obama, even if I hadn't voted for him in 2008, I would have stood behind him after he won. Well, and yeah, I just don't understand. to succeed, yeah. Exactly. And I just don't understand this post-electoral insanity when they were the ones saying, you know, Trump, are you going to concede once it happens? And look all the things that they're doing. And in my opinion, Hillary's camp made sure Donald Trump was the last man standing from the Republicans because she thought he would be the easiest one to beat. Obviously, she underestimated not only Trump, but oh, millions yeah. of quote-unquote deplorables. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, this to me was a testimony to Vedic astrology. And I, I always was amazed at Jyotish astrology. That's the true name of Vedic astrology and Nadi astrology. It's a very old science. And again, Western tropical astrologers wouldn't quite see the same chart as this. And I'm very blessed to have learned it because I, I find how accurate it is. And I, I've had uh, really uh, just an amazing result with with its success. And Trump's got it going on. I'm telling you, my prediction is he will probably be one of the best presidents we have seen in the modern era. I really do. And and. People can get mad at me for saying that, but why would they want their country not to do well? I, I really think this guy is going to blow our hair back with what he accomplishes. You know, he was giving his speech yesterday. I watched him in Wisconsin. And he's not going to be like a regular politician because he's not a regular politician. <laughs> this guy, I, I, I have great faith in him. I really do because of the astrology. In the eight years of Obama, I haven't seen the markets, the financial markets behave the way they are. I haven't seen small business people so excited. No, and, and why don't we just give him a chance? Because the thing is, and I'm a business owner, I see all the regulations. I see all the subjugation that we have. We go through all the time with Obamacare and so many other things that it makes us feel like, you know, I'm not going to expand. I'm not okay. going to hire people. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I have a client. I can't mention who he is, but he's worked in the Fed for a long time. And this is what he said to me. 
And he said that during his tenure in there, he said, we would get regulations that were between 900 and 1400 pages long. Now, this guy's an attorney. He said, we couldn't figure him out. So we just threw up our hands and go, what the heck is this? It was so weasel worded. That's my word for contracts. He, they uh, weasel worded yeah. it so complexly. You couldn't figure it out. Now that's a guy who was in the world banking federal reserve system saying that. And I've had other clients in banking systems who said the same thing in government. We just threw up our hands. We can't figure it out. It's so much red tape. It's insanity. Now, these are people in the system trying to do good, trying to help people, trying to make things work, and they couldn't figure it out. And these are attorneys. Did you know, there's another little secret here, and in fact, anybody can figure this out real easily. There is really two 13th Amendments. Now, the current 13th Amendment to the Constitution, I totally agree with, and that is there should be no slavery for any human being. Everyone should have a right to be free and pursue their chosen dreams. However, the original 13th Amendment was put in place. I think Thomas Jefferson, it's, it's all in this article on Wikipedia, um, and some of the founding forefathers, they were getting quite old at the time. They put in a 13th Amendment that precluded any attorney or person of royalty from getting in the White House. And they said the reason why, particularly attorneys and barristers, because they would do exactly what's just happened. And they, there's, there's lore that the War of 1812 was secretly funded out of London to stop the 13th Amendment from being ratified. I think 10 or 12 states had ratified it. And then it was Virginia that didn't. Well, interestingly enough, Virginia did ratify it right before the Civil War. But, and they printed like thousands of copies so that it wouldn't get lost because they knew that they were going to try and squash it again. Well, then the Civil War broke out. Well, apparently, according to this article, you'd have to read it, um, Lincoln didn't sign the 13th Amendment, according to this article. But someone, they, they ratified that, the, the abolishment of slavery, Right after he was killed or right before he was killed. I forget the story, but it's, it's in there. And what they did is they put the 13th Amendment, as we now know it, abolishing slavery, which is good that they did. And I totally agree with that. Um, and they did not include the original 13th Amendment as a part of it. So the point being here is that there has been a very, and where is the Bar Association? It's in London. British they, Acquired Registry. That's right. You got it. And the owners work through that system in the international banking system. Anybody wants to do a little research in that one, that's quite interesting. Um, so long, long story short, they carefully squashed it again. And it's interesting. This relates totally back to where we're at in the United States right now. We've got a bunch of businessmen getting in the White House and in Washington. And, you know, that Trump ran on drain the swamp thing. This is exactly what we need. This is exactly what the founding fathers said. If you get a bunch of barristers in there, you're going to have the red tape we've got. We have a Gordian knot so tight right now in this country. The corpse is just about losing its heartbeat. And I'm gonna tell you, if, if he, he gets in there and gets all this stuff cleared off, that we're, we're gonna come back to life. Well, 25 out of the 44 presidents we've had, 57% of them have been attorneys. So you. there you go. So we have to take a one and only intermission. When we come back, we have so much more to discuss. I don't mean to only stay on politics, but it's important because we have a new era, in my opinion, happening. I want to discuss the economy. I want to discuss technology. Amazon, on December the 7th, for the first time, they delivered their first commercial drone package. And it took them 16 minutes from warehouse to a home. I want to discuss what technology is going to be doing to the mom and pop, which is hardly any left. Walmart took care of that. But the brick and mortar stores, we see malls, Sears is closing shop. When you hear this podcast, probably by next year, you'll see Sears be part of our history. But Jeff, how can people learn more about your work, your services and so on? 
Well, the best thing is you go to Jeff at jeffharman.com. That's H-A-R-M-A-N.com, not only. So, yeah. And jeffharman.com is the website. Jeff at Jeff Harman is the email. Folks, don't go anywhere. This is always a treat to have Jeff Jeff Harman at the beginning of every year. This is Mel Famergus, and you're listening to Veritas. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to part one of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest, head on over to the member section or subscribe at veritasradio.com. You don't want to miss the rest. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for lots of great products. Thank you.